This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. What is up to the point listeners? It is your boy, Chris Yano, live in studio with our guest, which is always pleasant. It's always a nice experience when we have everybody, like somebody actually in the studio. Makes it so much more fun because then I get to stare gazingly into your eyes. <laughs> is that weird? I'm not uncomfortable. <laughs> but we have a great guest who flew in to come and do the podcast with us. I'm extremely excited about it. We have Mr. Mike Wilson, who's the CMO. It's CM is in Mary. Oh, that means chief marketing officer for those who, who don't know at any hour services. Hey, welcome. Thank you. You're here. I'm glad to be here in the flesh. That's true. <laughs> We're going to have a good podcast today. Uh, we've had white on before. I remember what episode that was. Um, Mr. White Hepworth that came on the podcast um, and a lot of great feedback from him. It was awesome. Um, how when, when my wife and I came up to any hour in uh, all the staff was in the training meeting and hearing them talk about, listening to the podcast and things like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's uh, equally as exciting for me to have you down, you know, down here and then meeting our, our group and being on the podcast too. So, but before we get into that, <clears throat> as I've gotten to know you a little bit more, you know, I've learned, I'm always up for a good challenge. You know, you guys know I'm always up for a good challenge. And so when I'm up at any hour, they have, uh, they have me and Anna, my wife, uh, do the color code test, which is like, I think become, you guys are, Pretty well known for that. For anybody that I've talked to, it's been up there has taken the color code test about. It's definitely part of the culture. <laughs> it certainly is. And it was like, you don't like, you could say you don't want to do it, but you're pretty much doing it. If you're there, you're doing the color code test. That's facts. <laughs> so I've actually become somewhat addicted to that thing. Cause I've been studying it. Like we were talking about pre-podcast and because I'm genuinely intrigued by, you know, who people are at their core, you know, right. and versus who they're putting out there and all that type of stuff. So um, I've been going down this path and thinking like, man, what are some really great, great questions I could ask Mike now that I know what his color is? And his color is what? White. He's a white. And white means what at a high level? Uh, they're driven by peace. Peace. Okay. Right. Gotcha. All right. So yellow is, I'm a yellow, what's called a yellow purist, which I think is somewhat like a unicorn. You have one, I think one of those at any hour. We have, we have a couple, a couple yellow purists. Oh no, not purists. Yes. We yellow do. We, purists. We, gotcha. We do have one <clears throat> who, and yellow is fun. We like to have fun. And right. I think that's pretty indicative of, of the human being that I am. I don't think I'm a yellow purist, but I can see how that would work. So, sure. so naturally I want to have fun. I want to have a good time. I want people to have a good time. I want to make people laugh. I like that kind of stuff. So I thought, man, what can I do to make Mr. Peaceful here? laugh and get him out of his comfort zone because that brings me so much joy, Mike, <laughs> but I'm not going to go too deep on anything too, but I just, um, you know, I thought about one thing that came up really last night and did you go see, um, have you went and seen Top Gun yet? Top Gun Maverick? I have, yep. Did you see the first one? Well, I didn't watch it right before I went, but I saw it back in the day. Okay. So I grew up watching Top Gun. Like that was my, when I was a kid, like I can remember going and watching that with my dad. So like, there's some sentimental piece to it. And then that, that this Top Gun Maverick that they had, like they crushed it. I agree. They crushed it. And so it was, um, you know, it's always been Maverick and Goose, right? Yep. Like Maverick and Goose, Maverick and Goose. And I'm always like, dude, I'm Maverick. I'm for sure Maverick. I'm in the lead role, not the supportive role. Um, and I started thinking about what will my call sign be? And I thought, hmm, um, I wonder uh, what Mike's call sign would be. Like I, I have some, some examples of what I thought it would be, but I thought um, 
if you could pick your own call sign, because you're going to be a fighter pilot in Top Gun, what would it be? This is giving you time to think about it. Oh, is that what this is? <laughs> Take a ride into the danger zone. Thanks, Kenny Loggins. I have an idea for you. Okay. A couple. I would um, like to hear those. I, I don't know that you would like to hear it, but I'm going wow. to tell you anyhow. Okay. Let's do it. Magic mic. <laughs> okay. Is, is, that, is that now? That well, doesn't I'm, scream white in the color I, code chart. But I would like to. I would like to hear what my options are before okay. I commit to something. Um, I thought controller would be a good one. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you, just for the record, you told me this was a test, so I feel like it's that game show make me laugh. And well, so, like as you're like doing this, I'm trying to. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that part. However, your uh, call sign is supposed to be like uh, a representation of, of who you are. Like, so it's kind of like, uh, this is something that describes you. So I thought magic might seem like perfect. Sure. Because you create a lot of magic up there in any hour. Okay. Obviously it's working well. You guys are growing and scaling. It's true. See how I, see what I did there? I see what you did there. Okay. Uh, controllers from the controlling side of you that really likes to be in control. Okay. Right. I do and like that. These are things I know about you. So I was trying sure. to be thoughtful, mm -hmm. but have you given any thought to that ever? I've <laughs> never given that any thought. <laughs> well, you have now, and I've given you about as much of a break there to think about it as I possibly can. What do you think? So I'll give you a couple options. Okay. Since you said, here is the name that I came up with and why. I'll give you a couple of names and why I would come up with that. That sounds perfect. Um, so one would be Mark. Okay. <laughs> the reason is Mark is because uh, there's a joke at my house. Um, because if you see me on any of the social media or the YouTube or anything that we do, there's a persona that, uh, I don't know, you, I can't come on the radio, I can't go into a video with my normal, just like calm self, that energy doesn't translate very well. Of course. And so the people um, in my neighborhood, the neighbors at, at church, whatever, when I started doing the marketing for any hour and I was on the radio and stuff. They're like, who is this guy? Yes. Of course. And so- I thought the same thing. Right, the joke at the house now is like, the marketing version isn't Mike Wilson. It's Mark Wilson. Ah, that's your alter ego. So Mark, that's one. That's good. Uh, the other one would be uh, Biscuit. <laughs> Wait, is your, uh, is your co-pilot gravy? Oh man, that would be so good. <laughs> it sounds good. Biscuit and gravy up there just <laughs> making a mess in the sky. So, uh, but no, biscuit, I, uh, it's one of my favorite breakfast food. It doesn't always have to have gravy. Sometimes it has a chicken in it. Sometimes it's got bacon. Chicken and biscuit. Sometimes it's just got jelly. All respectable. Yeah. So Mark or biscuit, I, I, I would be okay with either one of those since this is strictly fictional. Yeah, like sure. if it was real, I would want something tough, <laughs> you know, like gun show or gun show. I don't know. So <laughs> that wasn't first thing that came to mind, but. Biscuit, on the other hand, I think I could roll. I think that could that could really work. All right. Okay. Well, anyhow, I appreciate that. That was actually pretty thoughtful in a short amount of time. Yeah. So I feel like maybe he's actually thought about this before. Like when he watched Top Gun, he thought about this before. Hey, you mentioned like the social media stuff and like your neighbors seeing you put this stuff out. Yeah. And and I remember when we um, when we first met and spent and I, th I think the first time we actually met in person was when you got you and Wyatt came down for a Rhino X, right? True, yeah. And so we got to spend some time before it actually all started. And, and then, um, 
Um, you guys are gracious enough to to have us up to see the the I don't want to call it a shop. It's like a compound. Yes. <clears throat> um, one of the most amazing facilities that I've seen. You need it's different. It it's is different. Um, but you know, I kind of get a feel for your personality a little bit. We take the person, the, the color code test and I'm learning all the things. And then, and then, um, and I get to joke with you a little bit because I'm that, I'm that yellow and I, and you send me the link, which was <laughs> the mistake you made <clears throat> because actually it wasn't a mistake. It actually made me feel really good. Cause I was like, okay, I see a little bit of, of my care, a biscuit that, <laughs> that I didn't know exist. And I thought it was really good because I mean, I remember when we talked the first time, I think Anna was in like surgery doing something that was sitting in the car. Is that the first time we actually talked? I was on video, like sitting in the car, the second, somewhere around there. That was the first time we, it wasn't the very first time we spoke. The very first time we spoke is when, uh, it was back in the day when your stuff oh, was right. going down with, uh, Gary V. That's right. Okay. So, but that was the first time we actually had like a business meeting. Correct. Right. Okay. So, um, I see your guitar sitting in the background, mm. you know? So I'm like, Hey man, you plays guitar. Cool. Like, you know, I don't play guitar. I mean, I can play one string at a time. I can play Mary had a little lamb. Right. Um, pretty, that's pretty respectful. Right. I mean, I could play a few things. <clears throat> um, but I was like, Hey, you play guitar. But what I didn't know is like, you actually have, you're musically inclined and you kind of like shrugged it off. Like, nah, like I don't really you know how to play or, you know, like, or I don't really do. Um, I do that because I feel like me claiming to be able to like play is an insult to mus musicians that do actually play well. It's not. And I think the best way to solve that debate since I've, since I've heard your music would be just for our listeners to maybe uh, hear a little snippet. You got a furnace that's shoddy. You want to call up somebody, but you ain't got a clue who to And the harmonies. <laughs> and now you're wanting to fight because it stopped working last night. She's upstairs yelling how it sucks so, so bad. Because <laughs> you've been saving for the perfect vacation. And now you're stressed about a furnace replacement. Ain't Bring it home. Listen to us, but all ain't saying, nothing ain't I can't fix. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Dude, that was good. Uh, and and you guys have like 22, three, like some odd thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel. And I went down the rabbit hole of the parodies that you guys have done. I'm impressed. So the way that those came about was, um, I was, we have a. That was you singing and playing. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, Can't is like please. later. Uh, so I, I forgot my headshots. Uh, so the thing is, is the the element that's there that you don't see when you watch the finished video is the couple of hours that we have to practice it because the way that this would work is we had a uh, local country station that would come in and we would do some live radio with them. And I'm all about trying to be as contextual as possible to the attention that people are giving you. And I'm like, okay, we're on a country music station. Uh, and this particular DJ is, he's yellow, you know, like, I don't know how, what percentage, but he definitely is kind of crazy. I worry sometimes <laughs> what he's going to say before he throws it to me for the, the pitch, you know? Uh, and so anyway, so I, he was in the office one day and he saw the guitar and he was like, and we were just messing around and we made up a song on the spot and he's like, Hey, let's do that live. Like, and on the next break, we like played it on the air for the listeners and it turned into this animal where 
once a month when he would come, when I was doing live radio, what we would do is he show he would show up, we would pick a popular country song at the time, and then I would have to learn how to play it. I would have to change the lyrics because the lyrics would go along with whatever it was that we were pitching that night, sure. right? Yep. So if we're pitching tune-ups, then I'm going to talk about that. That particular one, it was about replacing furnaces. Like, you know, you want a free estimate or whatever. So like, so we would, tr- I would try and do that. And then we, he's there for three hours. So I've got to like, we've got to pick the song, learn the song, write, write the, the song and then practice it. Because like, even though that was a good take, like I'm not actually that great of a singer. I have to, especially if it's in an upper range, I've got to like warm up and get my voice. So like it's, it's sometimes <laughs> it's me, a, me. yeah, the bloopers on that stuff is like, is crazy. But. Oh, well, I actually thought it was really good and we're adopting that here. So we're actually going to do that. I literally just sent an email out, right? I just sent an email out yesterday saying we're doing the same thing. I'm going to do a little series out of it. Cause I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. So, yeah. It is a lot of fun. It is listeners. Like you got to check it out. It's like even the commercials you guys have done, like you've done some of like the different, um, like the, with the Frankenstein one, like the, through the winter stuff, like Christmas time stuff, or like it's, it's really, you guys have done a ton of great cool content. Those, those aren't actually television commercials. We were doing something with the local, they were, they were a local movie theater that we were like, that had a chain that like was all in our area. And when I went in and I was talking to him about, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do it like anybody else. Those those played before the movies played. Right. right. And so it's brilliant. So, so what we would do is again, I'm trying to like, I'm like, okay, if we're going to do this, I want to take a movie scene and I want to hijack it and I want to like insert any hour in into that. And that was one of the things that got so much attention. Uh, like I was probably rec- I started getting recognized for that more than anything else. Um, and it was really awkward when people would like come up to me, the most awkward one, I was in the Ikea bathroom and some dude like was at the urinal, he turns around, <laughs> sees me waiting. And then all of a sudden he like, just kind of keeps looking back at me and I'm, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And so he leaves the, the thing. And as I like go to the urinal, he's like, Hey, you're that guy. And I was like, I, I ignored it. He's like, you're that guy in the movies. And I'm sitting there. So I, I hang my head. Like I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> so wait, was this guy, you're, you, you must be in Salt Lake city, right? Or yeah. no, uh, so, somewhere around there. Like, okay. But then this guy's clearly an East coaster. It's because based on that accent, well, you're the guy. Huh? Yeah. I, he definitely wasn't from Utah, but like he, he was there, there that day. That's fantastic. Well, not only are you a, a, a this you know amazing musician and, and an actor, but you also um, have one of these as well. You have a podcast, and that podcast is called In the <laughs> the In the House. Welcome to my house. And I think it's pretty dang good, but it's it's different than this type of podcast. It's actually um, well, why don't you let the listeners know um, about? I mean, it's called In the House. Um, I don't even know, you guys have a, quite a few episodes, but what is the purpose of that? So the purpose of In the House is um, we, we want to create content regardless of how you like to consume content. So written word, video, images, audio. And so uh, we, we do the podcast not for other businesses necessarily. We, we leverage those podcasts and all the videos and content that we make for our uh, customers. Like we have a, a, a massive email program that we do. And so it's a way to like the intro, like in the house is a podcast about the major services in the house. And it's there to help inform homeowners how to better maintain and repair ah, their homes. So this is where the name comes from. Right. And so, so anyway, so that's, that's all it's, 
that's what it does. I bring in the different uh, field managers and things like that, and we will pick a topic and we'll discuss it in depth. So water heaters. And in the beginning, they were longer episodes, but as it really kind of evolved the way that we were using it, I started making the episode shorter so that it was easier for consumers to consume because what we'll do now, we're pushing 100 episodes of that. Um, and when we send our emails out, we have a, a content plan that is all based around what is the what trade is needing some attention that week. Not just like, what do I need to produce calls for? But that's what I mean. But instead of like going out into the public and just saying like, please call me, please call me, please spend your money. Now all of a sudden. Yeah. Sell, 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 educate, educate, educate. educate. Right. So jab, 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 right. Right. right? And so uh, what we're trying to do is at least have a conversation that plants the seed that if something resonates with them, then maybe, you know, they'll, they'll call us. You know, what's become crystal clear to me just in this short amount of time that we've been talking. Tell me. I understand why you're a CML. <laughs> okay. Because like the things that you're saying are very much thought through like CMO shit. I know there's going to be a lot of, uh, any hour, the any hour family listening to this particular podcast. And just, so if you are listening one, hello. Um, but you got a really good CMO. <laughs> I commend you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. And I've gotten to work with a lot, a lot, a lot. So that's really cool. It's very thoughtful. Like even the movie theater thing is like, makes a lot of sense too, but just to the length of the creativity that you go, because you, you do, I think what I, what I learned early on from Gary specifically when we were going to launch this podcast uh, was you either need to be um, entertaining or educational and the Holy grail is you're both. Mm-hmm. You can be both of those things. And so like, I really held on to that. And then it was all about, the content, the quality of the content that you're bringing on, like the changing, like where you bring on things that are current, you know, like all these different things. Um, and, and being okay with being, um, specific to maybe the time of year that you're in or what's happening in the world. Like all those things are not just like, it's not just like some generalized thing. Like you're actually doing things that are specific to the time of year, to the current needs, to all the stuff, not just what the business needs. You know, right. That's a piece of it. Cause you can use it as a driver, but so you're kind of doing the, hardest work by doing all the things to do it right. Right. And you know, the other series, so we have a few pillar pieces of content that we do. And the other one that was totally inspired by, uh, you know, something that Gary said (laughs) was his quote of document don't create Mm. because he's all about speed over perfection and just like putting massive amounts of quantity out there, which is really difficult for someone that doesn't like have a team to do that. And that's overwhelmed doing a whole bunch of other things in the company. But one of the pieces that we did, uh, that is, has kind of taken on a life of its own is our, um, I, I call it a docu series now, but it's our ride along series. It's called along for the ride and where a, one of our videographers will go and meet at a technician's house that morning, uh, find out what time they're leaving. And they, document their day. They just film the entire day and then they bring it back and we turn it into uh, you know, yeah. an episode of that. And so, and we use those as well. And it does so much. There's so many ways to tell your brand story without sounding needy, without having to, to constantly be like, you're out there begging for money. That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. You know, I, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to admit something right now to, I've got, uh, Two of our video production guys in here, got Zach and, and Ryan, and, and it's me and Mike. Um, and I had like this plan of how I really wanted this thing to go in the beginning. And it was like, I gotta really make Mike laugh. And and I never really know how it's gonna go. Like I have an idea. This is my ADHD kicking in of where I want to take it. Um, and then I realized that I forgot a few things. 
And you know why? Because I'm already like all in listening to the things that you're saying and interested that I started to already go down the passion path. I went right through my intro, skipped the jokes I was going to tell you to try and make you laugh because I'm all in on what you're saying. And I, and I don't want to go back to it because what you're saying actually I think is really great for our listeners to hear. So what I want to do is, um, I'm not sure how long we're already in on this thing, but for those who might not know, we're about 20 minutes in. Okay. So, uh, for our listeners who might not know who any hour is um, and or Mike, maybe what we can do now is just segue into um, the bigger purpose of this podcast is kind of talking through, you guys have done a phenomenal job in, in marketing and branding the business. And, and what Mike just gave you was a little teaser on like why he's leading the charge uh, in that any hour group and in the, in the any hour family, but I want to break it down. Sure. Um, and so what I would like for our listeners to, you know, to know from you is maybe kind of a little bit of how you specifically got into the trades. Um, I'm talking about you, Mike Wilson, and then, um, and then maybe all the way to where you guys are at today with the any hour group as a whole. Like, so let's kind of like high level through that path and we'll just take it from there. But that way we kind of set the stage on like why you're even sitting in here to be on smartac.com smartac.com if you haven't heard of it you better find out if you haven't implemented it you better check it out you have to get started doing something 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield what are you doing differently than your competitors you need to make sure that your memberships are sticky smartac.com does that lifetime warranty insurance savings filter discounts 24 7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem live tech chat service providers all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Sure. So uh, from a young age, I always considered myself like uh, mechanically minded. I was always curious about how things worked, liked working with my hands. I grew up in uh, Louisiana and so spent a lot of time outdoors. We didn't have a ton of money. So like you would get creative when you needed to build something or <laughs> like, you know, just different things like that. And so, um, I remember there was a there was an elective that I took in high school. It was FFA. And future Farmers of America. That's right. I was in it. I think they call it Future for Agriculture now, but it will always be farmer Future, future farmers, farmers of America. Of America. Anyway, but uh, in between, uh, you know, cow breed identification and the lessons about how to back up your trailer, there was a couple of weeks where, uh, you know, they did basic construction. So they did some electrical, they did some plumbing, uh, you know, framing, different things like that. And so that was probably one of my earliest memories of doing something in the trades. I didn't run out and get a job at that time doing that. But I remember um, probably my first time working with Wyatt was the summer I was 16. And I just went, I was looking for a summer job. Um, and I was just looking for spending money, but they were doing all kinds of things at the time, you know, and then fast forward to 2011 or sorry, 2001, I was getting ready to move to Utah. I had this background with Wyatt. Um, I was just looking for a job. My wife was going to school where I was at. She was either going to move there or I was going to move to, to Utah. And so I called Wyatt. I was like, Hey, do you have work? He said, yes, I moved up there and I started my career with any hour services as back then Hepworth electric. I started as what year is that? uh, 2001, 2001. Uh, I started as an apprentice electrician. Okay. So, uh, through all of the years doing those types of things somewhere in, um, like 2005, six, seven, somewhere in there, it was, it was probably five or six. We decided that we were going to focus on service. I ended up making a transition from out in the field you know, when you're a small company, young, 
everybody wears lots of hats, right? Yep. So I've done every position in the company from dispatcher to whatever. And uh, so in the early days, I would be out on the jobs. I'd come in, I'd help, uh, you know, book calls. I remember taking on like designing ads for the phone books. And back then, you know, that's what I thought marketing was. It was like, oh, make a cool ad to go in the phone book. I'm a marketer. And so anyway, but uh, so over over the years, as we continued to grow, we got into service. We were just doing electrical. And then as we added the plumbing and the HVAC and things like that, um, you know, we just kind of grew and grew. And it wasn't until probably 2015 that I was able to just focus on marketing. So for years, I'm like doing I'm the trainer. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking calls. I'm dispatching. I'm out in the field, uh, you know, running calls. So I'm doing all kinds of things at the same time as doing anything that we needed graphic wise, designing the logo, redesigning the logo because we were adding services and things of that nature. And then I end up, you know, doing full time, the marketing in 2015. And then all of a sudden skyrockets. And last year, uh, you know, we took on a private equity, uh, partner. And we, we were to the point where, cause we, over those years, we always had tons and tons of people come out to the company like you did and yep. why it's always been super awesome about just opening his doors and people coming out and learning. And like, we just have all of these relationships and things. Yep. And, uh, you know, that was the direction that Wyatt decided to take the company. And so now in addition to running any hour services in Utah and we're pacing, uh, I think the budget that they set this year was like 78 million, but they're pacing 95. Yeah. And so like, they're doing really well in that location. But now we also are, we're not actually the thing that about private equity and the way that it's working out there is I, there's so much talk about like going out and acquiring companies and just acquiring EBITDA and like all of this stuff. And I've never gotten the impression from Wyatt that, that's what we're doing. He's, he's been very clear from the beginning that we're looking for people to partner with, that we're not coming to try and like take over a business. We're trying to look for people that are like-minded, that still are super growth oriented, that want to go out there and build that just want some people, extra resources, extra, uh, help, you know, whether it's on the retention, whether it's on the marketing side or whatever. And we're a super strong creative shop and we're in the process of building out that team even more right. because that's one of the things that people, you, you have a very public profile when you look at any hour and the brand and the reputation that's out there. And, uh, you know, people want to, know how to do that and want help doing that. And that's our partners, you know, definitely get some help. Yeah. Doing that. I, I got the luxury of being whenever we were up there, cause you had another one of the uh, brands that are in the NER group that was up there and just kind of being able to have communication with him and how great he felt like the, that partnership was going and like the, do you, what you say you're going to do type of thing was actually what was happening. And, and because, you know, I mean, I've been involved with so much of it with so many different groups, just having been in the space for so long that I, you hear good, you hear bad. Everybody, I think kind of initially starts to think like, Oh, they're going to take it and they're going completely changed my business. And right. that certainly does happen. Um, but what I've learned is that, uh, any hour does not do those things. And so the real thought, the, the real thoughtfulness behind those actual, like when you, when you're going into those meetings with a particular company who's expressed interest, it's very thoughtful. It's not like you're going in transactional. It's very, very thoughtful and meaningful. And, and I think that's what I really appreciate. It's like a breath of, of fresh air. So I appreciate those things. What I want to, I want to go back and ask something real quick. Yeah. You've done a lot of things in the business, yep. which I think actually um, is great for um, having respect of those that are in the business too, because you've, you've not, you weren't just handed something, right? Right. Um, 
were you at that time when you started dabbling with the phone books, which by the way, that's like where I started my advertising career is in the phone books here. Um, learned a lot, hated it. But as soon as I rolled out internet yellow pages, I was money. Um, but did you, could, did you know, like, even though you had like this technical side of it, this engineering side, or not engineering, but like the technical side of the things that you were doing and you're doing all these jobs, did you know that marketing, like, was there a certain time when you're like, I f this is what I want to do? Because you said 2015 is when you assumed that actual, right. is that right? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, it actually, like I said, like I thought the, what I associated with marketing and advertising is like making things look cool, you yeah. know? And so it all started with phone book rep coming in and me wanting something to look a certain way and I couldn't get them to like do it. Hang on. So, let me stop you. Sorry. I am. You know how I am. Is there any psychological piece to this yet? Or is it just look like, is it just aesthetic? Have you thought through the psych, the psychology of creation of an ad? I, at this point. So I was not thinking about it from psychology though. When you go back and like, when I go back and look at the things that I was doing, so I'm, I'm a natural, I don't know. Like I, even though I don't want to communicate with people, like I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> like I, I do have, uh, you know, a gift of communicating with people and I do lean towards the side of like, uh, being a good teacher. I can take a complicated, uh, subject. Like I'll go to the different managers, uh, technically when I'm doing a DIY video and I'm like, Hey, how do you do this? Why do you do this? And then I can break it down and I can try and make it easier for a consumer to understand. And I try not to make it overly technical. So to that phone book question in the beginning, it was strictly looks because I'm like, I like stuff that look cool and I yeah. wanted it to look better than it did. And I don't remember exactly when it flipped to where like that was where I started mainly saying like, Oh, I want to spend more of my time doing this marketing. Cause I'm, I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, just yeah. like burning the candle at both ends, yeah. trying to like do all this stuff. And so anyway, so I don't, I don't know how to not being college educated in that and not having like that as a, a background. I don't know. I, I was lucky and like stumbled into so it. So I think I can, I think I have, I think I've got this figured out. Okay. Um, and I asked that question on purpose because um, in the world that I live in, I really have to be a psychologist. So I have to think through for all of my customers, what is the homeowner thinking? What objection do they have? How can I answer it before they ever even ask the question to the contractor? Like that's the life I live in. Um, and I love it. And I feel like I'm really good at it. So um, because I genuinely care about trying to solve that problem for the contractor with uh, and the homeowner simultaneously. So like it's coming from a good place. That's actually why I think you liked the aesthetic piece of it. You want to look cool because you want to be attractive to the homeowner. Somebody looking for the service because that's setting the hook. Um, but it's, but the, the core of you is you have this thoughtful and like genuine nature to you. That's that is, does that cares. And so that's already in you and you're trying to do this to try and, you know, attract them. Like you're asking these different people because you need to know like, well, what matters to you because you're being thoughtful, you care about like what, so you already have that kind of at your core, whether you're, you know, an extrovert or not, it doesn't matter. That's who you are at your core. So you actually kind of have it in you. So now I can start to see why you went down this path. And, um, and I'm always intrigued by these stories because, um, and even more intrigued after I do the color code test and see that you're a white who gets into the marketing spaces. Like I can see it because I think too, like, um, we were just having this conversation. I said, you know, I have a, a brand new sales guy in here who's coming in from the roofing industry who I'd said, whenever I was looking for somebody, I want somebody who really knows the, the roofing industry in and out. I'm trying to be super thoughtful on somebody who's actually educated on the pain points of contractors, the 
the, the pros, the cons, the wins, the losses, the everything, and I'll teach them the digital side. My hope is they had a little bit of digital experience, and I found one. Thankfully, I had both. But I'm genuinely trying to solve the problems for the contractor. So in order to solve them, I got to know them, and they got to be clear. And I need to, you know, to solve to solve those things, I got to pull in my team, too, to help me think through the things I'm not thinking of. But somebody's going to take charge on those things. I just happen to have the same thing where it's like I didn't go into it to thinking, man, I can't wait to just – be in the roofing industry, it's going to be so easy. It didn't start there. It's all coming from a genuine nature, and you have that same thing. And, you know, I'm going to give some credit right now to uh, Wyatt because one of his strengths that I've noticed over the years is his ability to see potential in people before they see the potential in themselves and being able to move people around, uh, you know, good to great is a book. That's like a, as part of the culture. Right. And one of the things that Jim Collins talked about was, you know, uh, finding the right seat on the bus. Right. And so that's one thing that, uh, why it's really good at, especially the, the people that have been with the company, the real old G's that have been there for a long time. I guarantee every single one of them have had the same experience of like, Oh, I used to do this and then I do this and then I do this and then I do this. You you know what I mean? Because, um, part of being a leader and one of the things that Wyatt is so good at is, um, being able to leverage the strengths of those other people, uh, to, to bring that vision to life. I love it. And, and I, these are just all things that have, have attributed to the success of all things in AR. Right. Um, now I want to get into some marketing questions too. So, sure. um, and just kind of your whole, like, you know, methodology on marketing and, and my, I mean, and I think this would be a good conversation on, um, like what is marketing to you? Cause to, to me, it's um, a couple of different things. It's, it's, it's branding. It's, you know, what's the message I'm putting out to my customers, to my employees. So I'm doing, not just doing marketing externally. I'm also doing marketing internally, but it all has to come from like, it's got to come from some sort of foundation that's in you or in your core values of your business or whatever. But before I go down like my path, I'm just going to interject. What's your whole methodology on marketing? So, I think the way I would explain it is, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but um, going out, finding where attention is, and then figuring out how to tell your brand story contextual to that attention. Meaning, uh, the way you tell your brand story in a print ad is going to be different than the way you tell it on the radio. Right movie theaters versus, you know, something else. So you got to do that. But you also, you touched on like, you know, branding and like internal and external. It's there's so every interaction that a customer has with your brand is an, is a marketing opportunity. And so being very intentional with the way that you, uh, you know, communicate that message and going back to the beginning, you need to figure out what do you want your brand voice to be? What do you want your company to be known for? Because there, there are companies that have had a lot of success being the funny company. There's a lot of companies that have been the professional company, like whatever, you know? And for me, when I, back in 2015, when like, it was like, okay, it's time to really just start focusing on things. And again, God bless Wyatt for like giving me the freedom to like do what I do. Um, and, or what I'm comfortable doing, I guess, um, is I, I thought it through and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to own the word help in the market. I want like, you know, the tag is no one helps more homeowners than any hour services. And that's not a nod to our size. 
meaning like, oh, that's just them trying to get creative about saying that they're the biggest they're in biggest the market, trend. right? That's me trying to say, regardless of where you are as a homeowner, whether you're ready to spend money with me or not, I want to help you. I want to give you information to either fix it yourself, if you can, if it's something simple, uh, give you information to make the best decision that you feel comfortable with, if that's going with somebody else, mazel tov, like whatever. Like I am trying to be as helpful as possible. So when I'm like putting out radio spots or television spots or ads or whatever it is, even like when you, uh, you know, watch the movie trailers on there, I tried to mix in a little bit of education and right. try and be helpful. You yep. know, you take the, the psycho scene in the shower, yep. the premise is like, Oh, she's going crazy because her drains clogged. I'm going to tell you how to not clog it all within like 45 seconds in a movie trailer, right? Entertainment and education. Right. And so, you know, that kind of is the, is the core there. So for me, marketing is figuring out like what's the brand voice and then being able to communicate that voice to whatever audience you're talking to. If you're a, if like when you're getting up and speaking in, in a conference, you need to know the audience. You need to know what lands. You also right. need to be able to like, okay, if you're speaking to a group of business owners, you need to communicate Rhino's brand voice to the business owners. The podcast has a voice. When you're speaking at a conference of, of potential clients, that has a voice. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Perfect. So that makes perfect sense. And kind of in the, in the digital space too, it's kind of like uh, what piece of content are you putting out to the Facebook user versus the Instagram user versus the Twitter user. Right. Like, yeah. And a lot of people, they they'll come and they'll like one of the most common questions that I get is like, what's the one thing, what's the one thing <laughs> to do marketing wise. Right. And, and I, I have to say that like, there's not one thing. Like, one thing I, is to do everything. Right. Do well, I look at it like investment, you know, you, you don't, you know, put all your eggs in one basket, you really have to go across the spectrum. And when you get to the size that we are, like you really need to be doing a lot of different things because if you, if everything is tied to like, Oh, Valpac really works for us. What if it goes like money mailer, it went out during the pandemic in our market anyway, like it doesn't exist anymore. And so if you were a small company and you had like built your company on money mailer and then all of a sudden something happens and like uh -oh. all of that dries up, what the yep. are you going to do? That's right. So you need to like not be beholden to one specific thing. And that's why it's scary with like how like Google has so much power. I know. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, but like, that's one of the, you, you know, email, the email program that we do, anything you can do to take your audience and take it offline and like kind of create a, an environment where you own that customer and that data and that communication. And you're not like beholden to something else, the better you're off. You yeah, are. You guys have had, um, so I'm okay. So you gave me a couple of different directions. I was thinking about going already kind of off topic for myself, but you talked about email and I want to go down that path. Cause you and I've had a conversation about that and it's something that, um, I've heard, I've heard good and I've heard bad, kind of like with really any market. I think it's all in the, in the content, maybe the, the audience, like the, there's multiple factors, but you guys have had a great deal of success with email marketing. Um, what are you guys doing up there? Like, is, is it, and, and like, is there a frequency that you're doing this? And like, is there, do you have like, Hey, you know, I know if I'm going to send out this email marketing, my subject line is going to be blocked because it's got to be able to get them to actually open the email. And then my um, read rate is my read rate percentage that I'm looking for is X. So it's like, is this how you're managing these campaigns and this thought? And, and are you doing, you know, multiple different types, like they be testing to see which one's doing what? I mean, how is that process working so well for you guys? I'm going to 
speak high level. You ask as many follow-ups as you want because email in and of itself could literally be like a really long (laughs) conversation. But uh, you know, your point about like people have different feelings. Some people think it works. Some people think that it doesn't. It's not about the frequency. It's not about the tricky subject lines. The, what the trick is with email is having something good to say. You know what I mean? Yep. And so if, cause if you're sending stuff out and no one like is getting any value from it, like your open rates are going to go down. Yep. Like all of those things. If you trick somebody with a clickbait, uh, whatever it's called subject line, they're going to learn really quick that like, Oh, they don't follow through That's on right. like the promise there yep. that they gave me in the beginning. Psychologist. And, and so with, with us email, we kind of use, we use uh, MailChimp and we also use marketing pro. And so what we'll do is we'll take any kind of mass communication we want to do, we'll do through MailChimp. Any kind of audience segmentation, we'll do through Marketing Pro because it's really awesome at, at like segmenting an audience and like being able to get laser focused with your consumer base if you've got a good strategy behind it. Right. Um, so, so anyway, so we currently what we do, we, we send out one email a week, but only one of them is a promotional email. Like again, I'm, I'm utilizing the podcast. I'm utilizing the DIY videos. We have blog posts. And the whole point of this email is to bring that. It didn't start out when we started doing it. I wasn't trying to like get an ROI off of it and say, how much revenue can I tie to it? And, and I wasn't even worried in the beginning. We did like try and say, okay, well they say open rates are affected by the headline. And so we would try and like game the system. Do I use an emoji in the headline? Do I use the word save versus free and like all of this stuff? Did you ever use the middle finger emoji in a headline? I never did. <laughs> Not intentionally anyway. I just was curious if that worked. No, I did. Uh, I don't know that it would. It might get some opens, but for the wrong reason, maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so, making it so, so anyway, but uh, you know, for, I got him to laugh, though. for what we do, uh, uh, we, we don't get super tricky with things. It's, it's about... Uh, Back to that methodology, I try and it's a phrase that I kind of coined value first marketing. That's what I try and do. So my first purpose with the email is to bring value again, help the homeowner. I want to be the most helpful as possible. And our open rates are about anywhere from 40 to 50%. And our, uh, this year, again, we don't go at it to try and bring in revenue, but our revenue, direct revenue, not attributed revenue, meaning like we have all kinds of ways to track the traffic and change the phone numbers and stuff. Through May, we we're 1.2 million just off Dang. of the strength of the email program. Man, that is incredible. That is incredible. So I, I remember whenever I, you, we had had that conversation, I'm so blown away by just the overall success of it. And I'm not oblivious to it. I've, I've heard about it. We've been, it, it, we don't do it in Rhino. And I'm like, I like, I was like, I made me a believer. I'm in. So I'm like, okay, we're trying to figure it out. And you and I are having conversations about that. I'm trying to use the the data because I believe in it. I think it's going to be really great. And I think it is really great. And obviously you guys are proving that out. Well, one thing that would be great for Rhino that I would love is if you were, cause like you've got so many episodes of just to, just to the point podcast, right. And you've got them on different topics. It would be great to receive a monthly curated email that has, that's very intentional where maybe the subject line and the thing with us that we found out about subject lines, we keep the subject line exactly the same because we want them to know that like, Oh, 
and I've got a different, Value. I've got a different one for each email that we send out. So we know which one is going out. But like, if I see that subject line and I know that it's from any hour, I know what I'm going to be getting. But if you had one that was like, okay, this time of year, you go back and you comb through your podcast and you say, this one was really good about getting things ready for the summer or getting this. And like, you're all of a sudden able to do seasonal type of things where I don't have to go and hunt and be like, oh, who was that dude that said this and like all this stuff? And like all of a sudden you're serving it up to me on a silver platter and I'm able to get so much more value again. I listened to the podcast the first time, but now all of a sudden I'm getting it again in a hand delivered way that's custom made for me. Dude, this is why I'm grateful for our partnership, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> Look at you. Well, um, and email is just another, like another avenue. And, and I get a lot of the questions about, um, the mix, like what kind of marketing mix should I do? Or I'll get the question of, Hey, how much of my uh, marketing should be internet versus, you know, direct, you know, versus, you know, marketing sure. or branding or, or, you know, um, all the things. So I have my opinion and I think that my opinion does shift based on a few things, whether it be, um, your brand equity in the market, where you're at in your business. Like, uh, is it where you, do you need like lead volume now? Like, and you've got a set budget. So there are some like factors that, that we would use when trying to work through that with whomever it is. So there's not like just some straight cookie cutter approach. I think there's some guidelines you can use to kind of at least put you in the right direction. But I'm curious because you guys do so many different things and have done so many different things and done them successfully. Like what, is the mix that you guys use at any hour. And if you could share with our listeners, um, any, and like obviously this is all based on like your experience, any like percentage, you know, uh, and you can ballpark sure. it. Like sure. what would that look like or what does it look like? Sure. This year, um, about 15% is going to be print. That's uh, mass mailers, direct mail, phone books. Uh, about 20% is radio. 20% is television. 35% is digital. Uh, and digital is going to wrap in like PPC, SEO, like Facebook advertising, yep. all of those things. And then I have uh, about 10% that I try and keep as um, for miscellaneous costs, triage, and opportunities. Got it. So that way you can kind of flirt with something else and you've already got that budgeted in. Right. And or if something happens, because like hopefully you're creating uh, a marketing plan based off of the seasonality that happened the year before you're taking all of your years of experience of like when the calls are good and when they're not. And you're investing that into next year's plan, but guess what? Like a curveball might happen. And so I need to be able to be flexible. If all of a sudden drains is slow unexpectedly when it hasn't been in the past three years, I need to have some extra budget to be able to go out and perform some triage and like get some drain calls coming in. Yeah. For directly, prefer that makes perfect sense. Right. And so, but that percentage, it changes every year because with us, we've been on a just rocket ship of a growth trajectory. And so our, our marketing budget is based off of like, I'll take a percentage, I'll take 8% of next year's projected budget. So like when they budgeted for this year, they budgeted for 78 million. So I take 8% of that. So I've got six plus million dollars that I'm like working with. And I know that number sounds ridiculous. Don't get caught up on the numbers, but like it's the percentage, right? Right. And so like, I take that number and the key is like, as they are pacing 95 million, I don't mess with my percentage. We're creating a pace of 95 million off of a marketing budget for a 78 million dollar right. budget, right? They're just like crushing it right now. And so the the plan is like it, if everything like falls apart and I only go to budget, right? Because in budget in our company is like, oh, 
what's wrong? You're only hitting budget type of thing, you know? <laughs> and so I'm still going to be at 8%. I'm at, I'm still at a fiscally responsible number for the, the marketing, but as they're outpacing that, then all of a sudden with every million that they outpace that, my marketing percentage is going down. And you don't budge. I, I don't. It, something very dramatic would have to happen. And we would have to have like an executive meeting and be like, Hey, we, we, we need to invest some more in this, but like I've, knock on wood, like, you know, it's, it's been working and it's, and it's, uh, and it's, it's working good. Got so. it. But you have that flexibility if you needed to like, by going, because, okay, gotcha. But, the, but the, you pretty much have the freedom to run this thing and, and the trust to run this thing based on your budget. And you are the, um, a in that a and B conversation, even if you go, cause this, this is your, this is your baby. Right. Um, now have you guys done much with the connected TV, the OTT space like that and that world? I know again, you and I've had some conversations around it cause it's something again that we've been asked, we're being asked for it more frequently, Sure. but this is kind of where as much as I also can make a lot of decisions fast, sometimes I get analysis paralysis. And so where I'm constantly trying to find something that I like, if I'm going to offer it as a service, I need to feel really, really, really good about it before I, before I do it. So even though selling, it's the easiest part of it, I'm not going to sell it if I don't, if I don't believe it's actually going to be working. And sure. so the only way for me to get there is to create our beta test program, which we have in place now. And we have our different contractors allow us to beta test things through them. Um, and, and that's how I figured these things out. And I'm seeing some trending, you know, in the OTT space, um, the flexibility and, and I've learned how you can negotiate the, the, the price points and the, like, so I'm learning a lot of the things, but you guys have flirted in that space a little bit. Um, is there like something that, um, that's been working better for you guys? Like how, what's your overall feeling on it first? And is there like any sort of like tactics that have been successful for you guys at NER? So I look at OTT like television. OTT means over the top, oh, yeah, by the sorry. way. It's, uh, streaming, it's streaming. If, if you're running commercials on streaming platforms. Exactly. Um, Thank you. So, so anyway, um, so yeah, I look at OTT very similarly to television. So uh, you don't, TV can be expensive in a lot yeah, of markets, right? Right. And that price can uh, limit you from being able to get into that game. But TV is not dead. But right. OTT is like really growing. Streaming is growing. There's a lot of eyeballs there. The things that I like about OTT is it allows someone to get into the television game and the the, the awareness that like uh, branding and marketing on that platform brings you without having to like do an entire DMA, right. uh, an entire area. Uh, you don't have to do a whole market approach. You can target a zip you can get, code. Right. You can get super surgical with it. Yeah. The fact that it is um, digital that way, you can track a lot track of different it. things, right? Yep. Um, they, there's technology where you can embed a pixel on your website and you can actually see uh, someone that has consume that OTT and all of a sudden they're visiting your website. Right. And if you're working with Rhino and you've got the goal conversion set up on the backside, you can track and see this traffic that came from this particular source. Uh, you know, here are the goals that were converted on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also have the ability with that to, you can use it in some creative ways too. You can, you can actually send it directly into a home based off an IP address. So right. you can take a customer list and you can actually create a message. Like if you wanted to, I'm not saying you should, I'm just saying if you had the money and you wanted to get super cool with it, you could record a commercial, take your customer list and send a commercial right into it that says, I just wanted to say thank you for being a customer of any hour services. <laughs> 
If but you need anything, we're here to help you type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause with, with marketing, the more like uh direct, if you had the ability to speak just one-on-one to everyone, Tony, I know that you, we were out to your home last year and we did this, this, and this, and all of this stuff. Right. So the more you can like segment your audience down, you can create lookalike audiences. So OTT is a, a powerful platform. It's, it's like television on steroids It is uh, as far as like what you can do with it. So I, I'm a fan of it. I, I don't have necessarily any like weird tactics yeah. that you can do with it. Cause we, we still use it in addition to you can, you can use it in addition to like direct mail to yeah. like, uh, you know, help that like you can get as creative as you want to get, you can get creative with it. Yeah. And I think, um, well, that's kind of the creativity piece of it is this kind of takes me back to like Gary V world right. um, where I know you and I will relate on this is it's, if you, I, well, I think because it, you can track, it makes me feel so much better about it. It's way more me- measurable than, than TV. Right. So, but you can, you could create 10 different videos that are specific to a neighborhood and then send that, that OTT video out to that neighborhood. So you're referencing it directly, which is like what Gary would say to do. Right. You know, if well, you're he would take it a step further and he'd say, take and make the 10 pieces for the 10 different cities, then make a version for girls, version, version for, for boys, boys yeah. a version for different ethnicities. And like, you know, really chop it up and like send it out to them. And that's like extreme, extreme. <laughs> yeah, but if you're, but if you're willing to go to that, Mike depth, Wilson does not do jab, that. Yeah, no. I mean, that's a lot. That's a right. lot, but you're, but you're proving the point of like, it, it's, it's, you, you can get that granular with, you can't do that with television. Exactly. And what, and with television, like, I mean, like here in Phoenix, you've got a 54% home ownership rate in this market. Right. And if you go with a whole market uh, strategy, 60, you know, something percent of those messages that are landing aren't going to be your homeowner. If a homeowner is your target audience, it is for us. Yeah, sure. So, um, that makes perfect sense. Anyway. Well, this is all the stuff that's like, get, that gets interesting because, um, you know, really all we're trying to do is find the different levers to pull and move at which time, right. Based right. on the pulse of the business, the health of the business, the whatever. Um, but you know, a lot of times whenever I'm the game that I'm really in at Rhino is, is bringing in new customers. Like that is my game. Right. Um, that's what we are held accountable for. But there's a piece of this that's of branded of branded uh, traffic that we go after that is really from a defense perspective for us. Like we're trying to make sure because you know how it is. People are going to piggyback on your name and they're going to bid on your name and, and the paid ad space. And and where I used to be like early early on against paying for that, I'm like, why are we paying for our own name? You're coming up organically. It, it's not about that. It's actually about being defensive and saying, well, if I do just throw this little bitty budget towards like, you know, branded traffic, you know, and protecting our name, we're still the first one that comes up in the PPC campaign over our competitors who are bidding on our name. It's just a defensive tactic. But I know branded traffic is, is extremely important to you guys too. And a major factor that you're looking at. Um, do you have like a, do you feel like with your own branded traffic that you can almost dictate some sort of an outcome, like with a specific budget of a specific time of year with your branded traffic, or you're like, Hey man, even though I have this huge 8%, like, or whatever my budget is for, for digital 35% digital, I want this percentage to go after branded traffic because historically it produces X, Y, and Z, even though they're looking for you directly. Sure. I'm not in that game. So I always struggle with like how to use that on the offense versus on the defense, if that makes any sense at all. So how do you like look at branded your branded traffic versus like the non-branded for lead gen? Sure. Uh, there was a lot in that question. I know, I know. Man. So Sorry, I'm just going to, I'm going to say some things. And if I miss the, your point, like you bring me back. But um, as far as like 
branded versus non-branded traffic. It's interesting. You were, you were saying that like, it's a defensive play for you. And I actually look at it as an offensive play. I look at it as I'm trying to make it easier for people to find me because let's say that like your, your marketing is working and you're lucky enough to win that war of like owning space in their mind so that they associate you as the solution to whatever problem you're having. More than likely, they're still going to go online and look you up. And the further they have to scroll down the page, the more likelihood they are to get picked off. And so I want to do everything that I can to be up at the top, make it easy for me to find. So right. defense, offense, I think we're saying the same thing, but like I'm trying to. That's a unique perspective, though. Think about that for a second, because we are saying the same thing. I'm viewing it as defensive, but that's from the position that I'm in and you viewing it right. as offensive. So because I'm in like this protective place. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm thinking defensive, like I'm trying to protect that right. customer to get them back into the website. And we have a, a strong brand in the market. And so it, it, that, that play makes sense for us. I'm also looking at it offensively because that lead is going to cost way less than if I'm just if going for plumber, right. you know, if I, if I have a, uh, and, and I go to the, I go to the extent of, I know people are going to be going online. So I actually direct them online when they, when I'm in my radio commercials or things like that, I'll tell them, be like, you know, and, and I, what I'm trying to do now, it, the old school version used to be like, say the phone number three or four times and hopefully they'll remember it and they'll call it and that's how you track it. Right. And so now on radio, I'm actually trying to just drill my name into their head and associate with whatever I'm doing. And so I'll tell them like, you know, uh, you know, Google any hour services or schedule online at any hour services.com. I'm pushing them in that way that they're already going and trying to communicate that it's as easy as possible. Now branded versus like call to action or that non-branded stuff with the branded traffic, I think that any, at the level that we're at, and you need to view this, whatever level you're at, any interaction they have, like is going to be a branded, like there's going to be some kind of brand interaction there. So like be aware some of that. Overlap. Right. And so I, I personally do not take a percentage of the budget and say, I'm going to do this for branded and I'm going to do this for this. I, I make sure that on our PPC, I want that branded campaign. I want it cranked up fully open on all the time. But like, whereas with the plumbing and the other things, I will adjust those up and down based off of, do I need calls? So I've tried to, I've tried to work our reliance on PPC and like those, um, you know, high competitive terms. I've tried to reduce our re reliance on those things so that everything else I'm doing in the market, if, if the messages are hitting right, hopefully the calls will come in as they need. And then I can, I can save that as, that as a lever right. to that. If I need to like pour some fuel on the fire. And so that's why I want the brand on all the time because everything else, I know that that's where they're going to go. And so, um, that may not have answered your question, but I, I try and keep the brand on all the time and I try and limit if perfect world, I wouldn't spend anything with Google on those like plumber terms or those HVAC terms, but I'll spend money all day long with any hour services because what am I doing? How much of a disservice am I doing to someone that I have like communicated with them and they like me. And then all of a sudden at like midnight when I've got my plumber terms turned off, cause I don't want to like produce a plumbing call at midnight, they go looking for me and they can't find me yeah. and they're forced to like go hook up with somebody on the corner under a, you know, street light. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little extreme. 
Hey, or, or is it? I don't know what they're going to catch going with somebody else. Yeah, that was extreme. Well, don't worry about it. I'm <laughs> Scratch that from the record. So no, I'm, no. I'm really, I, I want people to, if they're looking for me, I want them to be able to find me. Makes perfect sense. So so um, I think this is where um, I understand that. All that makes perfect sense. I just wanted to have the conversation sure. back and forth because guaranteed somebody else that's listening right now has had that same thought, conversation, all those things. When you're sm- I would say, though, when you're small in the market and you don't have brand, like you've got to like. Like here. <laughs> Any hour is here in Phoenix now. Yeah. And so there's not an any hour brand equity in this market. Right. So you got, we got some work to do, right? Right. So, so I mean, but you use different strategies. I don't have the budget that I do in Utah right. that I do here of in course. Arizona. And like you, you have to do different strategies and it's, it's so competitive in this market. So competitive. You would think that like, oh, well the answer is digital is the best thing to do. But if you ain't got the money to play in the space, you better get creative and, this, and do something else. Yeah. And this is a competitive space. And that's one thing where it's like, you know, and um, I was just talking to one of the new sales guys that we brought in here too, and talking about how we had a, like a three or $4 million company that, that was, um, that's here in Phoenix. who reached out to us and wanted to do, wanted to work with us for direct lead gen. The money, the budget's not big enough to compete here. He, they they have a Phoenix address, like Phoenix proper address. So that's like, you know, and it, as much as I want to, like, as I'm, that, that's in my name. I want to help this person. I know, I know the odds are against me. And so I had to turn it down, but then you got to get creative. Right. And that's not for this market just happens to be like ridiculously competitive and expensive. Right. Um, but that mix is important because I, because I'm looking at it like with the same intent as you're talking about, of putting an offense, I look in on defense, because think about how the majority of someone like you who works at the marketing company like mine is judging my success based on the majority. I'm not saying I, you, you understand a little bit more of the right. overall approach, but most are saying, what did you bring in for me, Chris? And by the way, that branded lead was a re, was an a re, existing or repeat customer referral customer. That wasn't you. So I have to factor in that budget into my cost per lead, which is what I'm being held accountable for on something that you're, you know, saying, well, we got to do that because the lead, the cost per lead is lower. Yeah. Cause it's a branded traffic. So you see how it can be skewed to somebody's like, well, you can't take credit for that. Right. But I'm managing the campaign for it. That's why I, I call it defensive, right? Right. I'm trying to play defense for you, you know, for the companies. I run into that type of, those types of conversations all the time. But the holistic approach is the right mindset in today's game. I wholeheartedly believe that. Like what you just said is exactly where we need anybody who's listening to get into that mind frame because it has to be a, hopefully you chose the right partners in, in whatever that different, your different marketing, you know, arenas are that can be cohesive and that can have good synergy because you need to take that holistic approach. The brand has never been more important than it is today. Right. You, there was a time when you could just outspend somebody else and you could tell the market what your brand was, Yeah. right? It was whatever you wanted yep. it to be. Yeah. But now like the consumer has so much control over your brand reputation. And when I speak to our technicians, one of the things I like to communicate to them is that like you are actually the one that has the control over our brand. Because if you think about like how much power the consumers have and how much freedom they have to go and share their opinions and things, where do their opinions come from? Their interaction with you. That's right. And so like, Make sure, like, I'm a firm believer that, like, your number one first thing you need to do in marketing is make sure that you've got a product that you're delivering that is worth talking about. Uh-huh. Because if it's not, a, a no review is, like, 
doesn't do you any good. Like if you just went out there and met an expectation, you have to curate a customer experience that is worth talking about. And if you're just going out there and you're like fixing the plumbing the same way that homeboy would fix the plumbing, all of a sudden, all they're doing, you're a commodity and they're looking at you as a plumber and they're judging you off of how much they paid. Right. But if you can create an experience and that's one of the things like I, I look at the emails that we're doing and all of the customer nurturing, all I'm doing is I'm extending the service call. How cool would it be if you had an opportunity, if you had a customer that was so into your brand that they let you back into the house every week to talk to them about what's going on in their house. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, that's the responsibility that I feel like I have when I'm creating this content going back into their home. Like, yeah, they might find some things funny, but what am I doing to lighten their, their load, their burden of like maintaining their home, getting more out of their home, helping it be safer, more comfortable. If I can be the dude that is helping them do that, like that's a positive brand in, in uh, interaction. And I'm not doing it because I want their money. I'm doing it because like I genuinely, I'm, I've got a platform. I want to help them. I care about them stretching their dollars. And if at the end of the day, when something does actually break and they need some help, I hope they call me. It's, it's chess, not checkers. Right. Yeah, that's so good. So it all, again, all kind of comes back to this genuine nature of your why or your guys' intent is to genuinely care and genuinely want to be there to help them, whether they end up using you or not. Right. Of course, we want you would be grateful if they did use you. But as long as it's almost like you heard the term you, to give with that expectation. Yeah. I think it's kind of hard to, to really say that you're giving with that expectation because the expectation is you hope that they care enough back about you and the, and the experience. Cause you've used that word. I think that's critical that they, they do use you and you've earned that reputation. And there's all these other things that you do like to, to, to continue to work that brand messaging. I'll, I'll tell you something <laughs> that like blew people's mind. Then if you need to wrap the show, you can wrap the show. But like, um, I was, I, I do these live, uh, radio things and, um, I will, just like we, you know, discuss like, you know, Hey, this is what the topic of the conversation is going to be, but then you go wherever you need to go. One of the things that I try and get the radio host to like, ask me in some form or another is like, okay, so they need to call you. And I do that intentionally so that I can tell them that like, no, they don't need to call me. And so if I'm talking about tune-ups, I'm there and I'm spending 80% of the time talking about here's why you want to do this. Here's some things you can do yourself. And then, you know, manufacturers say it's a good idea to do this. And then the host always pitches it to me for whatever deal I'm doing. And I will literally say like, if you know somebody that you trust, call them. I guarantee you that that HVAC company would really appreciate you like calling them back. If you don't know someone that you trust, any hour services is happy to come out and help you. And all that does is like reinforce the, intent that I'm doing. And sure, maybe there's some, there's some companies out there. Actually, I've had competitors like when we've done like uh, dinners or I run into them, they're like, I really like it when you say this because our phone rings. I'm like, cool, man. Rising <laughs> ties, raise all the ships, but guess what? You might get two calls off of it, but I got 300. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger boat. Got a bigger boat. <laughs> I got, a, I got a bigger plan. <laughs> bigger. Well, it's a well thought out built boat. It's very solid. It, the Titanic was a big, the big boat it sank. So it's still gotta be careful. I don't think that's the analogy you wanted to make right there. <laughs> saying that we had a big boat and like, Oh, Titanic was big too, Mike. No, what I was saying was the Titanic was a big boat and, and it sank. So you still gotta be 
super methodical, plan it out, good engineers, good team, good smart people to build that big boat that's sustainable, and you guys have built that boat. I don't like cruises because of the <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> that I rebound. I recovered a little bit. Well, hey, listen, I want to ask this last question. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. This is like, th- I love this type of stuff. This is fire. This is great. I love when you get, I get to have conversations about marketing stuff. This is perfect. And I'm glad our listeners got to hear that because there was a lot of really great information in this. I think we've been at this like maybe 65, 70 minutes, something like that. Um, my last question is, is really kind of, um, I always love asking like, what's next? So, I mean, I've, I've been grateful, um, and lucky enough to have sat in some conversations with you guys and understanding like the big vision of, of any hour group. And I love it. Um, and I love all the intent and the thought and the conversations and all the fun that's in that comes with, with the growth stuff. But, um, maybe you just share like, what is next for what is next for you? What's next for any hour? Like what is like the end game here? If there is one, or at least like the goal with, with any hour group as a, as a whole. Cause it's, well, I mean, you can go back and listen to Wyatt's podcast <laughs> if you want to hear his like grand vision. But like I, I, I spend my time the same way that I was like trying to help homeowners improve their situation at home. Like I am who I am. And so I, I try and give freely, like the, the, the partners in the any hour group, the partner companies, like we try and give them resources. We try and give them help that they need. We try and elevate them. We're not, everyone's so busy, you know, like, I don't know that like, we're not coming in trying to like take over the company and like change a bunch of things. We're looking for people that still have some skin in the game that are like, we're still wanting to build, but that want to be on a team. There's, there's so much, uh, there's so much freedom in being on the same team and the level that you share, because regardless of what people say, I've been out to businesses. People have been to our business. Lots. You always hold something back (laughs) in in your mind. It's like, well, are they ready for that type of thing? (laughs) But like you hold nothing back when everybody's on the same team, there's like nothing to lose. There's only upside to sharing that openly. And so that's, I don't, play in the, in the, uh, realm that like Wyatt and everybody that plays on that level, I am literally heads down. Marketing is what I focus on. It's what I like to do. And it's where my strength is. It's like, I, you won't hear me. Like when we went to dinner, you know, when you were out of town, like if you get me and I've had other people say this, but like, it's, you hear how much I'm talking and how much passion I have for marketing. You get me in a situation where we're not talking about marketing. It's like, Mike, you're not saying anything. Like, I don't have anything to add to the conversation, but like, you know what I mean? You get me going. Like I can, I can talk for days uh, about marketing and, and the things that I believe and stuff like that. So anyway, the, the any hour group, like it's, it's, it's a great thing. Our plan is to just keep looking for partners and uh, that want to be a part of that. And if you are not, whether you're a member of like a, a group, a private equity or whatever, every business owner that's out there, Right now, it is easy to win. You need to be making a plan. If you if you lived through the first, uh, if you lived in 2008 when, like, you know, the wheels fell yep. off, yep. you need to start, like, remembering what you had to do to make it through that. And you, you don't need to deploy that plan right now, but you need to have something in place. You need to be thinking about what am I going to do? What are the tactics that I need to, to deploy when this isn't working and this isn't working? Think back to what fell apart back the first time. Cause when the economy slows down, 
you need to have a game plan. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm trying, like, I'm trying, you know, Stephen Covey talks about like, don't live in box one, live in, in the box where you're trying to think proactively and work on the business, not in the business. There's so many owners, there's so many people out there that are like in the business day to day, and it's all they can do to keep their head above water. And they're happy. They're experiencing all of this amazing growth, but they're, they're, they're sailing their ship on the wind of like this strong economy. Like so many people that, don't know what they're doing are going to be exposed when that wind stops. And it's, and that is going to stop. It's, it's a matter of time. I don't know when I'm not trying to like be a fortune teller. I'm not saying it's happening next year. I'm saying that like the indicators are that something is coming sooner than later. So prepare for it. If you know, it's coming like the slow season, you know, it's going to get slow. You're going to wake up in the middle of the slow season and let's say, what the heck? Yep. Like, I can't believe it's slow. (laughs) Whoa! I didn't say anything. That's a coming from a place of passion. Of course, I get too passionate. That was absolute uh, fire. Just so you know. And actually, I think, um, and I care so much about our listeners and the things they take away from this. It's the whole reason I do this is to try and give them tactics and tools. I hope you heard that clear. If not, hit that little like 30 second rewind button about six, seven times and go back to what he was just saying about being prepared for that. Um, it's so important because I've seen so many businesses also go into that and, and don't make it out. So this is like the, just be prepared for that. Um, really great. I appreciate you sharing that. So much. I appreciate you coming down here. Like I'm, I'm extremely grateful that you took the time to fly down here to do this in person, to be in, and kind of you get to meet some of, of our, the rest of our team, you know, that means a lot to me. And I, and I know, like, I believe time is our greatest asset. So thank you for giving it to, uh, to me, to us, to the listeners and, and sharing the, the, any hour story in your background, things like that. So I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, and you guys heard him say, like, you can go and visit any hour. Like it is a grand tour that you can go on. It's a great facility. There's a lot of great people. You get to see a lot of awesome things. And they're so like opening arms, welcoming of everybody. And then you get to end in the store. And you get to take home a little swag, which I have a hat that I wear for, you, you, I'm so, somebody, we should have told somebody that Mike was coming in the other teams and they could have worn some of their any hour gear around here because we shared some of the stuff we had. Um, it's actually legit good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing it. I get a lot of swag. I don't always wear a lot of the swag. I wear some of my in ears. means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> but listen, listeners, if you want to go and visit, please do it. If you need help connecting, I'm happy to connect um, you with, with them and, and I guarantee you they will have you come in and, and take good care of you while you're there and show you the whole facility. And then they'll answer any questions that you want. Um, I think we're probably, what, an hour and 25 minutes in? Wow, okay, good. That, that, it doesn't feel like it was an hour and 25. That's how you know that there's good content in the podcast. At least for me, I love that type of stuff. So I appreciate it there, uh, Biscuit, for coming on. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> that might that might stick. I don't know. But if it does, I don't. I mean it in the nicest way. You know what I'm saying. He, this guy's a fighter pilot, and his name, call sign, Biscuit. I love biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to finish with uh, one joke, okay? Just one joke. Okay. Are you ready for this? And then, yep. and then I'll go into the, the review um, because I had like five of them prepared and I get to say any of them. <clears throat> okay, so you're American when you go into the bathroom, okay? Because you're an American. Yeah. You go into the bathroom, you go in, and you're an American. And you're American when you walk out of the bathroom. But do you know what you are when you're in the bathroom? I don't know, Chris. What am I? European. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. There we go. 
I'll, I'll take Classic. that. As, I'll take that as a win. I'll take that as a win. I told my kids that one the other day. We were on a road Damn trip. It, you knew that I, joke, Chris. Oh, who shit. doesn't know that joke? Damn it! Like we were on a road trip and we stopped at the at the gas station and like I, I'm. They hate my dad jokes, but I was like, they were going in to use bathroom and I told that joke and they're like, yeah, I'm so blamed. Okay. I got to do one more then. All right. Until you don't know one. Uh, uh, okay. okay. Do you know how to make a tissue dance? I do. Son of one a One of my favorites. You put a little boogie put in it. Put a little boogie <laughs> in it. Okay. Let me keep going. Um, how does a penguin build its house? I don't know that. Oh, it glues together. <laughs> That's good. Hey, listeners, thank you for putting up with this. I appreciate it so much. I got you to laugh. This was great. We had a good time, man. We had a good time. I brought out the yellow in you. It was all yellow. It was 16% yellow. (laughs) Hey, man, seriously, I appreciate you coming down here. This was fantastic. I'm excited for it. We got some good clips coming from this, too, that we'll be able to share along the way. Um, we've, We've identified your call sign. That's in the books. Um, and, and you shared a ton of information that our listeners can absolutely take away and implement into their businesses to make them better, stronger, faster, all the things that they want to be. But if they didn't catch it all or they need some an additional like questions and stuff like that, would you like us to filter them to communicate with you? Yeah, you can do that. Or if, I mean, Wyatt already gave his information out. I'm happy to give his information out again if you want. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm, I'm horrible with emails. I've got, I told you when that's I showed up, did, I've got That's a, why I didn't say. So <laughs> like, it's not the, if you're trying to get in touch with me, that's not the greatest okay, way. Here, so. Okay. So what Mike's saying is here's his cell phone number. It is. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we will help make the connection for you. Um, you know, t- if you have questions, Mike is certainly happy to help. You heard him say like, that's pivotal for him. So, I appreciate you so much, man. Uh, again, I'm grateful. Thanks for the time. And, and um, you know, we're going to send this thing out to the masses and it's going to have really great feedback. And I expect nothing more than people leaving reviews and things. And when they do, I'll share them with you. Just like I've had a couple from that they left on Wyatt. We sent it to Wyatt. I love doing that. It's equally awesome. as fun for me. Sweet. But I'm going to finish this thing off with a, uh, with a review. Okay. So I don't know why I was looking for uh compliment. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I approve. Thank you. Um, so this one is no zero content days, mm. not to be confused with no zero days. And this was, uh, from fallout Four fanatic. So whoever that is, appreciate you so much for listening and taking the time to leave that, uh, review, but it says Chris and tribe. Um, that would be you today nice. uh, and the boys here, uh, Chris and tribe always bring value, interesting, educational, entertaining, diversified stories, and always valuable nuggets that can get immediately implemented. That's good. That's, that was a lot of good in that one little sentence, but it's not it. But wait, there's more, there's more. Keep up the great work. Keep bringing in new voices and viewpoints to the conversation and recycling some OGs as their journeys evolve as well. Boom. That's a pretty good review. I love that. So, um, dude, that's it. That's all we got. Like that's a wrap for me and you. Are you glad you made the trip down to do it? Absolutely. I, I enjoyed it. I'm just glad. I, I got I'm, I'm hoping that your audience got some value out of it. Uh, they did, you know, but what they didn't get value out of, unless they're watching the uh, the video version of this, is just how phenomenal of hair Mike Wilson has. <laughs> it's so good. That's, that's all I got going you're for welcome. me. <laughs> Listeners, we appreciate you guys so much. Please, again, leave the reviews. Like, obviously, that's what we love to have is those reviews so we can share with the guests. You know, for us, it's like what fills my cup. So I appreciate you all doing that. Um, and, again, Mike shared a ton of stuff with you, a lot of value, um, the mix of what they do at any hour on marketing spend, all these types of things. And, and not that you got to go out and do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. 
we really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.